Hey guys, Nick here introducing episode 5 of the USM Podcast. And on this episode, Sean and I get to sit down with Ivy Knight, one of the owners of Girls Who Powerlift, the women's empowerment brand in powerlifting. We talk about upcoming events. We talk about the design process. We talk about the gym. We also get to sit down with Rachel Illick, one of our favorite members of Pinellas Barbell, but she's also an epidemiologist for the health department. So uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, life of an epidemiologist in the health department pre and post COVID. What is it like getting things back to normal? And just a pleasant conversation with some pretty badass women that we know. So it's an easy listener, guys. Hope you enjoy, and I'll see you in there. Hey Ivy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Sean, you have a beard again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a long time coming after looking like a 14 year old for yeah eight weeks. So. You forget how small your chin really is. Thanks. No, I think <laughs> I just, feel the feel the love in general. In general, with yeah. a beardless man. How's things been over there with you, Ivy? Nothing. I mean, I don't know. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> how's, how's Mr. Knight? He's good. He is, um, he's injured again. Uh, so he's currently resting. <laughs> what happened? Back. Uh, yes. Yeah. Lower back. The power lifters, uh, mm-hmm. eventual, eventual misfortune. Lower back, shoulder, or knee. That's it. <laughs> yeah. We're groin. I've seen a couple of those. The gym is his, Iron Knight, right? That's technically his project, or is that yeah, well, yours? We, yeah, we co-own both Iron Knight and Girls Are Powerlift, so we do a lot. Well, he does more for the gym, and then he does all the behind-the-scenes things for Girls Are Powerlift, too. So he does a lot. That's cool. <laughs> he I, I, I was always curious what... Uh, how you guys delegated the tasks was it just all you with girls who powerlift was it him with just the night you guys just helped each other out uh, yeah so he um he does like i said all the behind the scenes so like when it comes to manufacturing like he talks to our overseas manufacturers he does all of our designing um like he designs all the clothes um so i always say like i'm the heart of girls who powerlift but he's the brain behind it like because he started it like he managed all of our social media in the beginning like i just kind of would like give him things to say and then he would like copy paste (laughs) so he did all of the like he did all of the the really hard stuff in the beginning um and then like I did all the writing I did all the speaking I did all of the like that stuff that's amazing he does all of the female design Mm -hmm. yeah so his background like what he loves doing like he is an art school dork so he went to an art school um for middle school and some of high school um, and then he did engineering in high school as well. So he's always had like an art and creative background. And then he actually ran a company for like seven, six or seven years. It was um, a menswear blog. So they did like events, like in terms, like they did suiting, like it was all about menswear. So like suits, ties, like things like that. Um, so he started designing menswear and consulting menswear companies. Um, for social media, but he's always loved designing. And so when we started Girls with Powerlift, like his, 
we never planned on it being a clothing line but then once it started that way then he was like we should try like all this other stuff and then like he just started figuring it out but like designing is like what he loves like he loves designing clothes like all of the bras that we've ever it sounds crazy to say this but all of the bras have been 100% his idea like they've always been his idea like he's an expert at sports bras that's it's like a powerlifting Victoria's Secret seriously <laughs> that's so cool I had no idea I had all these questions for you about your favorite parts of the design process and just how involved you are like what's your favorite part of it but that's really cool that you guys just play to each other's strong suits yeah and it sounds like he's just super supportive yeah for sure so that's so cool sounds awesome that like it lets you be passionate about what you want to be passionate about my my creative process like i love writing i love speaking i love talking to people in general like that's the stuff that i like Um, so it's cool because I don't have to worry about designing because I can just kind of like do the things that I'm good at. Because if you ask me, I'm wearing a black t-shirt and black leggings all the time. Like that's all I wear. (laughs) So (laughs) who does all the, the media, the pictures? Um, we do, I, we both do it. So like we both love, um, shooting. Um, but we also have a photographer on staff and we also have a videographer on staff. So it's a combination of whoever's available at the time. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think it's awesome that you get to basically kind of step back and you get to keep a, uh, almost like a pure creative or uh, message because you're not burdened by doing all of, you know, the business stuff unless you want to. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you guys have a pretty powerful message. I feel like it, it, it was awesome to see when Girls Who Powerlift first came open or, onto the scene like there wasn't really a brand like that before like not specifically for women anyways like powerlifting's always been super male dominated and then now i think honestly like just the hashtag even girls who powerlift has reached so many more people and gotten so many more girls into the sport before they even realize like oh that's a brand and like that's a gym that's yeah you guys yeah it was like it was never it was never, the intention was never for it to be what it is now. Like genuinely, like it all just started happening. So like for me, that's kind of like one of those like intuition things that like, obviously it's what women needed. And so like, I'm happy that we started it when we did, because that was, I, I mean, my background is in like, I'm a paralegal by like trade. Like that was my, my job. So I had no intention of running a brand ever. So, yeah. So how did it start? where did the idea come from? So we started, um, we started lifting, um, in 2000, in 2014. So there was a meet that went to the Ports and Civic Center. I think it was the Civic Center, um, called Rum. I don't know if you guys remember Rum, but it's like back in the day, like all the big, all the big boys used to train at Rum. And we were, um, at a commercial gym. We were at Gold's Gym at the time. And one of the members who Corey was friends with, he was like, yeah, like Dan Green was here. Like they were using the spa. It was like Dan Green and um, I can't, I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry. Um, But they were like using the sauna so that they can make weight. So he's like, who are all of these people? And the one thing that Corey like loves to do is research. So he just started researching all the names and he was like, what is this powerlifting thing? Like, why is it here? Because nothing's in Port St. Lucie. 
And so he started looking into it and then he was like, this seems really cool. Cause he's always loved the gym. Like he's been going to the gym since he was a kid. So he was like, this, like, this feels like something I would like to do. So he just kind of started teaching himself like on YouTube. And then, um, he's like, <laughs> he's a self-proclaimed pusher. So anything he did, he was like, here, try it, try it, try it. So then I started squatting. Um, I, and then I kind of just liked it. So we ended up meeting, um, there was a team that worked out out of the civic center where the big meets were. And so we started training with them. So they got us into powerlifting. And then from there, we kind of just started loving the sport, but it wasn't until we had actually gone to a local meet that I was like, no, I like, I love this. Like, this is, this is really cool. Like I was enjoying working out, I was enjoying like lifting. But then when we went to a meet and I saw like that there were other girls that were doing it too, then I got really into it. And then one day he was like, this is when Instagram was kind of new. Um, but like I said, he had a background in like social media marketing. So he was like, there's like nothing out there for girls. And I was like, no, like I'm trying to find other girls who are into this, but I can't like, I can't find any, like there's like a handful. And he was like, no, there has to be more. So we both just started like researching. And then he was like, we need to, he was like, you should like start a page that like brings all of these people together and like create a community. So I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but in what he was doing, there was all of these like menswear brands that were doing similar things. So he kind of just like looked at what they did. And then he was like, here, do this and do this and like start using hashtags and all this stuff. So we just created, like, we just looked for the name girls of Carl just free. We created the Instagram. I just started the people that I had been to meets with, like I would find them on Instagram and share them, but I didn't want anybody to know that it was me because I felt like, I felt like a weakling and I felt like I was like super new to the sport and like no one was going to take me seriously. So I just kept sharing other people and then they would get excited. I actually had a friend who I used to train with and she was like, yeah, this page, like this page is called Girls Parallels. Like they shared my lift. It was so cool. And I was like, cool it's awesome <laughs> so um it's me. yeah I, I didn't want to tell anybody so then eventually it came like eventually people started knowing like who we were but or it all happened organically like the way that all of the like branding things tell you to do things it's what we did but we we didn't know that we were doing it right so. well, well i think it's sounds like to you that it was very organic you guys you know obviously like i said before played off your strong suits but the thing that i noticed and appreciated was how involved you were with powerlifting uh, i would see you at almost every meet you're uh announcing yeah. right you're judging and i'm like she's everywhere taking <laughs> photos uh, I noticed there was a blog and you also have some podcast content, mm -hmm. the pictures, and then me getting into, you know, the design process and how intricate, you know, the shipping and receiving and e-commerce, all that stuff. I was like, there is a lot here. I'm, I'm getting emails still because I bought some gift cards from Rachel. Like there's a lot of brand awareness. There's, there's it. I realized how involved it was. I was like, there's a lot mm. and there's a gym, you know, so that was really cool. That's what I noticed. So 
though you say it's organic, I noticed there was a lot of effort. There was a lot of hard work still. Well, all of that stuff like came in time. Like the beginning of it was like all very like what what's happening. Like the first year, it all happened really, really fast. But then like the more we got into the sport, the more I loved it. But like I like the community. This is going to sound insane and people may get mad at me for this, but like I like the community more than I actually like lifting. Like I love lifting, right? Because of all of the things that like lifting does for you. But I just like being at meets. And so I was like, how do I encourage more people to be at meets? Is I have to be there too. And then I was like, I kind of want to try this refing thing. And then once I started refing, they're like, hey, do you like to be on the microphone? I was like, absolutely. Like I love to talk. <laughs> so it just kind of like, I, I love, I love meets. Like if you ask me what my favorite thing about powerlifting is, it's meets. I love going to meets. I think that's important too. Like that most people get too caught up in like training for a total or like I'm doing this to make this lift or be this rank or whatever. And it's like, dude, there's so much more to this sport than actual meet day as a lifter or like any number you're going to hit. And if you're missing out on all of that, like you're not going to have, you know, dinner with your training partners or making friends in the gym, like, or even just like, you know, like I can't count how many people like I'm friends with on Instagram and talk to now every day mm-hmm. that like I met like once or twice at a meet. And now we talk about everything and anything like, oh, how are your kids? How's the business doing? Yeah. And like you're one of like the cornerstones, like like one of the big ones, particularly like in Florida, but like in the whole sport. Yeah, I would have to say that, honestly, when I started in 2017 or 2018, whenever that was, your brand was literally the first thing I ever found. And training in Sean and Nick's gym, it was just because there were so many guys there, there was a lot of girls, but eventually it got to be about 60 40% women in the gym. So that's cool. But yeah, when I first found it, it was like, I was the only one in my group who was really into it. And your brand and your page really helped me like see all of these really cool women. And I found a lot of really great women on your page. So thank you so much. You're welcome. It's funny because like I did too, like some of my like favorite people in powerlifting, like I found just because they followed girls powerless. So I'm like, just as like, I feel it feels weird. It feels a little outer body saying that, but like, I'm thankful for it too, because I don't think if we would have never started the brand, I probably wouldn't still be lifting. So it kind of like, it's all like full circle. Yeah. It's like one kind of, uh, behooves the other. Like you you stay motivated because you love the community, but the community keeps you lifting and the lifting keeps you involved. It's all kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. I think it it, like the growth of, of women in powerlifting is something even that's been driven a lot by just having you know i don't want to say like just your brand but you guys are kind of like the leaders of like women in powerlifting. but like look at who are the top lifters now like the top like seven on open powerlifting right now all women yeah like women are the future of powerlifting, and like i know i'm getting to catch flack from a lot of like the really big like alpha guys that are like Ugh squat bench deadlift but like in the like so my first my first meet ever was in 2013 and it was with fsu's like powerlifting team and we had i think eight girls out of 30 people that competed Mm -hmm. and now at like most meets there's like the most recent meet at gorilla bench there was two flights of pretty much all women 
and then one flight of men at the end. It's, it's completely reversed. Yeah, the first meet I had ever gone to, it was a terribly ran meet, terribly ran. It went into like 2 a.m. It was ridiculous. There was like 90 lifters, one day, one platform. And of the 90 something lifters, there was, I think, seven girls, seven. And this was like in 2014 when I first started lifting. So like now to see like, it's like full meets that are just women. Like that's, that to me is super awesome. I think it's, I think it's just something that the guys can learn from women in powerlifting beyond just like inclusivity is like every girl I've ever coached or seen in a meet is so much more prepared than any guy that shows up. Like most guys show up and they'll be like, I got pre-workout. I got my belt. I got attitude. And mm -hmm. girls are like, I brought toilet paper. I brought snacks. <laughs> I have all my attempts planned. I have my playlist. I have my headphones. I have an extra battery. Like, maybe hopefully like this will be a trend that like more powerlifters will take their success as seriously as the women do like because you see the top end guys do that but I I see almost every girl at every level like is more on top of their day-to-day -day and like the nuance of this sport than most guys are because most guys take for granted like they get big and strong really really fast and then they kind of just hit this like I'm going to be mediocre for forever because they stop doing those things but like all the girls, it's just like, all right, you might be a little slower, but always moving forward. Yeah, we um, we have this like before meets, we always do like, we call it our team meetings, but we go over everything because because our gym is new, like we've only been open, we've been open for three, almost four years. Um, so we have a lot of new lifters. Like we rarely ever get lifters that have been doing this for even as long as we have, and we've only been doing this for like six years. So we always have like our new lifter meeting before every big meet. Cause now we started, when we first started me, there was like four people that would compete. And now like for battle, I think we have 24 going, which is ridiculous. Um, and so, um, so we always have like our new lifter meetings and we literally go through everything. Like we go through what to bring, what to expect at weigh-ins, what to like, you know, um, what refs are looking for, like all of these things. And like we go through everything, like what, what food to bring, what to eat beforehand, like don't drink, make sure you're sleeping, like all these things. And like the girls, like you said, are always prepared. The girls have like, like bags upon bags of stuff that they bring to one meet. And we've had guys show up to weigh-ins with nothing. And we're like, we just went over this. <laughs> like, why do you have nothing with you? Like, they're like, yeah. oh, I didn't know I need to bring all my stuff. We're like, lies. We told you you need to bring your stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you just <laughs> intentionally didn't listen to me when I, <laughs> when I had this whole meeting for you. Fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys often, like, would you, what, I guess, what ratio would you say your guys' team is right now? Because I know you said you have 24 going to Vala the Bay. Are, are you guys pretty 50 50 now with like your team or um yeah i'd say pretty well probably like 60 40 so 60 percent dudes and 40 is girls still for a powerlifting gym that's like phenomenal i know like rachel was saying when we first started like we had 11 guys and then it was like every we'd add like two guys and then like one girl and like part of converting rachel i think to powerlifting was being like you know, there's like a whole brand dedicated to this. There's like all these other strong women and like, you know, just do your first meet. You'll see, you'll yeah. find out. 
Yeah, and I did that first meet and I was hooked ever since. <laughs> so and now you're, it worked. Yeah, now you're like Miss Bus Busybody of powerlifting. You're everywhere. You're, yeah, I feel like you do every single meet. I'm like, are you still doing another meet? <laughs> <laughs> I try. I like to meet new people and I like to go different places. So it's always a it's always a lot of fun whenever you can travel. Um, yeah. I was on a soccer team when I was in high school, so traveling was like a huge deal for me. And this in this sport, I love going to places. I love staying the night, staying the weekend, like just getting ready for the entire like weekend is just, it just brings me a lot of joy. And I really like planning everything and, and making sure, you know, planning food and everything like that. I, I really enjoy it. So meets for me are like an entire event. You need like an Airbnb, like frequent flyer card too. Cause I think you talk to me more about Airbnbs than anybody else in my life. <laughs> Airbnbs are I want to say they are a lot of fun and especially when you can find them when they have like three bedrooms three baths and you can fit like your whole squad it's great <laughs> we just did that for the first time usually it's just me and Corey or like because my sister-in-law lifts too so it'll be like us and then like my brother and my sister-in-law and um, well my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and um but this time we had like we got a huge house it was like a six bedroom house and like all these bathrooms and there's a pool and everything so the first time we did like a team house it was so much fun so much fun. So we're doing it again for battle. <laughs> yeah. Those are fun. I, the danger of them, I always feel like is, uh, like, or when we've done like hotel blocks, we've all gotten like three or four hotel rooms. It's like somebody's up till like two in the morning, like talking to each other. And it's like, somebody has to go around and play mom or dad and be like, Hey, it's curfew. That's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> just, just thinking through that last topic. Uh, something else I've noticed with female athletes more so too is the way they express their gratitude. Number one, they express more gratitude. And for somebody like me helping, I don't want to let you down. It makes me work harder. Um, and uh, the other way you express gratitude is by giving back as well. I need to do more. I need to keep up with you, Rachel, like planning uh, the hotel rooms, I can literally just bring it up. We had three parties almost back to back to back. It was all women that put it all together. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you, Autumn, and um, Aleka. Aleka, yeah. all three of you. Uh, was it Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then we did and a cookie party. And a cookie party. <laughs> So yeah, um, it was a ton of fun. We love we love doing stuff like that because it brings everybody together and mm -hmm. and we enjoy helping out. We're just a lot of good people who just like to give to others <laughs> and plan things. We're we're a big planning bunch, so it it, okay. it pushes me because you know a lot of times you see memes and stuff with coaches. It's like a thankless job kind of thing but when you help one person out of the many oh my gosh it means so much more and it, it keeps you going it keeps you going for sure it's so, funny yeah, I always feel like, like I was, go ahead oh go ahead no you go I, I was just gonna say that I always feel like I mean you know being a coach is sometimes a thankless job people are mad at you they're upset that things aren't going well you put in so much time to do all of these different things for your athletes and you just sometimes you just don't get 
what I feel like you should in return. And so I always want to make sure that you guys are always somebody that I need. I normally need both of you at my needs, but I understand that can't happen. So, I mean, just thank you guys for everything that you guys have done, because it's just, if you guys weren't there, I don't think I would have been able to do half of what I've been able to do. So thank you guys. Well, thanks for fixing COVID. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think I fixed it yet. I think people are just exhausted of COVID. Tell, tell them no second lockdown. I need to be able to work out. Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a say in that, which is kind of, I mean, we don't, we're small when it comes to any type of policy change. So <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but you never know what will. We'll start orchestrating meets in parks. Like, yeah, after <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so Rachel, what was your job with uh, before COVID and what did it transition to through throughout the pandemic? So um, before COVID started, I was an environmental epidemiologist for the Florida Department of Health in Pinellas County. Um, basically, what that means is that we have levels in our in our epi program, which just has um, there's like a entry position and then there's an elevated position for like a senior epi, and that's kind of what I was doing. So prior to COVID, I was responsible for investigating a number of different diseases. There's about 65 of them that are reportable. Um, which means that the health department has to follow up. They have to find out contacts on a lot of them and make sure that they get uh, the prophylaxis that they need, like antibiotics or a vaccine, um, and then make sure that they don't get sick. Um, so before COVID, I was doing a lot of, I did our measles outbreak about two years ago when we had about eight of them in Pinellas County. That was really interesting. And then I worked on Zika. Um, Day-to-day -day would work on hepatitis too when that hepatitis A was, we had an outbreak of that. And then otherwise day-to-day -day I'd work on things that required um, a little bit more of a senior level person who had a little bit more knowledge in a lot of the diseases. So that was my day-to-day -day work. Um, outside of that, that was pretty much all I did every day. <laughs> and then when COVID happened, um, we kind of transitioned into an incident management system where there were teams, um, of people kind of designated to run a unit um, and so my unit that I fell into was within the general investigation unit which is where I would just call the positive cases interview them get their let their contacts know and then have their contacts quarantined so that's kind of what I did in the very beginning sweet you're very smart <laughs> so how's how's training and life well more importantly life been different life is there so, life outside yeah. of this right now? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to get that work-life balance. Like, I remember calling Nick, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just so stressed out. I'm working 20 hours a day. It's just, it's crazy, and I just don't know what I'm going to do. So um, now there's a, there's a lot better work-life balance than before. Still struggle, but it's working at least a little bit better for me. Um, in the very beginning, I was working about 20 hours a day ish like 16 to 20 and um i didn't have any days off really um so it's like straight seven days a week we would work from home maybe once uh, one of those days but otherwise it would be like a straight like on my timesheet i think i reported like 160 hours every week every or every two weeks when we submitted them so it was just a lot and um I wasn't able to go to the gym. So that was a really good outlet for me. Um, whenever I felt stressed, I felt like going to the gym really helps that. 
but I wasn't able to go. So I was at home, I was at work, and then I came home, and then I did it all again. And it was just, I was just gone for really long periods of time. And now it's a lot better because I have, I have people, I have a team. Um, before it was just the five of us um, investigators, and we finally got some more people. Um, and then we got a little bit more people, and now we're up to about 100 people on staff, which is great. Um, but the bad, the downside of that is that they're all new. They're all fresh. They're all just graduated from college. They all came from other temp jobs. So they're all new. So it's a little bit of a training aspect to it, making sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to, making sure everyone's on task and focused. I have noticed, um, you know, with you coming back to the gym and stuff like that, there is still, you know, not just some social distancing, but it's almost like, um, I guess it's social distancing. It's a little like, almost like psychological disparity between interacting with people, like loading weights and, um, you know, stress management. Because I, I know you're going from one stress environment where you're like managing all of this, and then you're in like a area where we've been following what you've told us how to do a lot. Um, but then it's like, all right, can I interact with these people that are like my friends and my support network? <laughs> like, can I spot this person? Can they spot me? Like, mm -hmm. how have you been managing yeah. that? So I actually, for the very first time in a really long time, I shared a bar with someone. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm watching him. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, eventually, right, like, we're gonna have to get back to a normal type of a, of a deal. And if that's mask all day, you know, when you're out in public, then that's mask out in public. But I feel like in the gym, because we're a lot, we're a closer group of people, we tend to congregate a little bit more. But I think everybody in the gym has been very, very respectful every single time I've come in. Um, they've asked, they've made sure that everything was like, cleaned down when they leave. And that, you know, I see stuff like that too. It's like when people don't clean it down, I make sure that it is cleaned down and everything. So it's, it's definitely different. Um, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's nice to be back in the gym and it's nice to be with everybody again. So hand sanitizing and washing everything is like pretty much what I've done. I've come in really late sometimes, like nine, 10 o'clock at night just to make sure that there was nobody there. One time I came in and there was a lot of people, it was like a little uncomfortable for me, so I had, had to leave. But other than that, it's been, it's been good. And with the new people in the gym, that's awesome too, that you guys have gotten so many new people in the gym. Um, but because I don't know who they are, sometimes I just end up having to like wait or go home or come back later. Are you the one that like dropped our squat bar in a bucket of hand sanitizer? Oh, no, no I did not kidding. do that. Who did that? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was in there one day and like, I walked up to it and I smelled it and I was like, this smells exactly oh. like hand sanitizer. Oh no, no. I take a rag and I just wipe <laughs> it down. No, I would I'm, never. That's such a waste. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny to me like, like that. Gold. There's a, there's like such a discrepancy between people. And I mean, you could say this probably about any sport, but there's like the powerlifting crews. I see on Instagram that are like, we are staying open no matter what they say. I don't care how many people die. And there's other ones that's like, like no, everyone wear a mask. Here's your cube. Like, work out in your cube outside. Um, I guess ultimately, like, you know, with everything, it's like a balancing act, you know, balancing business and, and work life with training, balancing risk versus reward of training during a global pandemic. 
So. Yeah, I mean, the way that your gym is set up is it's very COVID friendly, I feel, because everything is all separated. And when Ray and Justin came in and they cleaned everything and moved stuff around, um, that was, I saw that that was, you know, a little bit more helpful too. So I think it's a good setup and it's a good way to just, if people are inside, then they're able to distance from everybody. And honestly, I mean, what is six feet? What is 15 minutes? Like, I mean, does the virus know what that is? Um, it's really just what your exposure is too. So when you have somebody who's maybe in your face when you're spotting them, they're highly unlikely that their droplets will come back if you're a back spotter. It's highly unlikely that while they're squatting a max effort lift that they're going to have the time to turn their mouth or whatever the case might be and droplets can come to you as, as a side spotter. So it's just, it's, the risk is probably pretty low. So as long as we're not standing, like videoing, like right in front of their face, and then they like go, <laughs> like right, <laughs> we'll probably live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Hopefully you got that. No COVID, mm -hmm. never do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my God, the amount of times I have gotten someone else's bodily fluids on me in powerlifting. How to count. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, gosh. That just sounds like a terrible time. Yeah. But I think like one of the, the bigger things I've seen you know, not just specifically COVID, not just specifically women in powerlifting is like being locked down has forced everybody, at least most everybody to like really reach out. And there's been a lot of new connections made because we don't have any other interaction right now other than through social media with a lot of people. Like one of the things that I always saw, like, um, like Ivy, you guys were good about it. It's like, you know, beyond just going to meets is like, Lifters go to different gyms. Lots of people go to your gym. Like everybody tries to usually go and visit and like work out at other places and, and, you know, show face, but now we can't. But so like now, like, I mean, this is a good example of it. Now we're doing things like this, like podcasts, like social interactions, things like that is, um, have you noticed like an uptick in that as far as like, I know Rachel, like you are big on social media, Ivy, you obviously have people talking to you all the time. Like, have you noticed like there's a huge difference between now, like, the level of interaction people are giving you guys virtually versus more like in person and stuff like that since it's all started? Um, one of the things that we did, like as far as the gym goes, um, was in the very beginning, even before we got shut down, like, so Corey has like connections everywhere. So he had a friend in China actually who lived in like where apparently it all like started. Oh, in Wuhan? <laughs> yeah. Like he has a friend that lives there and he's a, he's an English teacher there. And, um, he was like, all this stuff's going on here. So when they got shut down, like we were learning about it then. And we have a friend who lives in Italy, which is another big location, like for COVID. And so we kind of like, we're seeing that this was happening. And so we started because we've got like, we've got our powerlifting, like we do powerlifting, strongman, Oli lifting, we do a lot on one side, like we've got like the strength side, but then we also have like a big part of our gym is like, um, is classes. So we do a lot of um, like boot camps and things like that. So we actually, um, the boot camps actually all went virtual. Like even before we got shut down, like if you were someone that was just like scared to be around people because it was all new, like you had an opportunity to do it all virtually. And we still do our virtual classes because some people just prefer it that way. And in fact, we have like a few members who don't live in Florida because all of their like interactions with us are virtual. So that ended up actually being a really cool thing that we started that we're still doing. Um, but as far as like our, 
I think it's really cool that all these people are putting on seminars and things like that because those things are expensive. Like to actually put on a seminar, like in like at a separate location, have people fly in and all of that stuff, like that can be expensive. But now like with Zoom, like I think it's so cool that people are like finding a way to like educate and like get themselves out there. Um, because like you kind of had no choice, but even now that you do have your choice, you're like, I still have this avenue that I can use and encourage people or educate people or whatever the case is. Um, and so, I mean, like it, it sucked that we're here, but at the same time, it was kind of cool to see people like actually trying to do something in order to like keep communities together. So I like, that was one of the things at the very beginning that I thought was really, really awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That showed how strong the community was uh, through adaptability uh, and also allowed people in a very intimidating community to dip their toe into it a little bit slower. You know, let me try this at home. I have a lot of free time. It's something I always kind of wanted to try and do. Um, yeah. And then there was no equipment left. <laughs> <laughs> Ivy, what adjustments when you guys reopened? I know you guys got a lot of questions. Hey, what are your uh, pandemic rules? I have to wear a mask. So, yes. Um, so we we were our gym doesn't have ac i don't know about your gym but we don't have ac in our gym it's very hot all the time just recently um, it's oh, worth okay. it i'm telling you it's worth it <laughs> it's so funny because like we were just at the girl bench meet and they were talking about their ac and like all the things that they did to put into it and i was like i was we were talking about it uh, i was like me and rich and Corey were talking about it and he was like if you would you guys put ac in your gym and Corey was like no because we are so used to training in the heat that when we go anywhere, like we can train it, like we can do meets anywhere, whether it has right. AC or AC, like we're used to it. Mm -hmm. So, cause in the winter time, it actually gets cold because of the way that the gym is like set up. It's kind of weird. Um, but it actually does get really cold in there. So yeah, we would probably never get AC, like even if we moved, um, but the things that like we in the beginning like our classes like we reduced the amount of people that we could have in classes um we kind of staggered like our our times like for people like we had like a schedule like this many people can be in the gym at this time all that stuff like right in the beginning we did ask everyone to wear masks now we um like if you're spotting and like you're someone like like for instance like we have a lot of we have a lot of firefighters that come to our gym we have a lot of like hospital workers that come to our gym and then you have someone like me who doesn't leave the house so i'm like if you're like someone that is like way more susceptible to getting it than me like i prefer you wear a mask around me because my immune system isn't where your immune system is so um like i kind of train like during the day so i don't have to be around a ton of people um, and we just kind of like, I think we're just pretty respectful. Like if you absolutely refuse to wear a mask, like I'm not going to make you wear a mask, but I'm also not going to train around you. So it's just kind of like, everyone is just a, we have a hashtag be cool environment. Like everyone just be respectful and be cool. Um, we do have like, we hired a couple of the members. So they're like cleaning more things like that. So we've made adjustments. I think that's a good policy. Just like be cool, man. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, to, uh, like that. Let's start at the beginning of what you said. Uh, the whole air conditioning thing for us was actually a product of COVID and like some of the small business loans and stuff that came out. And like until that, like, and the, I think the restrictions on people being around each other and the need for having like airflow and stuff like that. 
we were very much the same. Like, oh, if you if you don't want to train in the heat, like you don't really want to train. You don't want to be like a power lifter at a hardcore gym. Like, mm-hmm. stay at crunch or whatever. But um, definitely feels worth it, <laughs> at least at the end of August. But we'll see. Uh, but similarly, yeah, like we we staggered people. We we put a Google Doc up, Google schedule. Um, and similarly, like with Rachel's advice here, we, you know, we're requiring people to social distance and like reserve like what piece of equipment they were using for that hour. So we don't have any like real machines for people to just like mosey around. It's pretty much like platforms, racks, benches. There's like stations. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to see, like you said, there's some people that I know that come to our gym that um, like for like Raymond, he's on base. You know, he's in the Air Force. He's around thousands of other people that share common areas every day. And then there's other people like me that work from home and I have no need to go to the gym unless I want to train or, you know, coach somebody or whatever. And there's other people like Nick that like, he's just forced to be there all day because <laughs> he works there. Yeah. I was super selfish about the AC. I didn't know the impact it was going to make, but me, that that's my living is being in there training people. So uh, I'm really invested into making sure that everything goes well and the community's right and uh, getting to talk to everybody and make sure everyone's taken care of, especially yeah, that nobody's heat stroking out during the middle yeah. of the day. Yeah. But you know, I would train in the morning you know, even at the old location, I think we talked about it on a different podcast. I would do a boot camp on the beach at seven in the morning. And it's kind of annoying because that's when it's cooler, but the humidity is the highest. So it was a little frustrating. And then go straight into the gym. And I didn't like um, losing intensity in my myself because that reflected training sessions. So the later the session a client got, the worse I was. The work and in turn the worst session they got. So I, I knew it was going to make an impact on my endurance and being in there all day, but I didn't know it was going to make that big of an impact on my overall mood. Yeah, you know my energy like that. It was difficult to eat in the heat. Are you happier now, Nick? I am. I am. <laughs> Are you, Rachel? Yeah. Now that it's seventy-five. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> living the life. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. No, it's nice. The air conditioning is nice, especially when I'm in there by myself. So it's not hot. I don't have to open up the windows. I also feel like it's kind of a uh, safety thing too, which is pretty cool because now I don't have to open up the big garage doors when I'm there late. Yeah. Don't worry about people driving by. Yeah. I know particularly for us, like the industrial complex we're in is nice, but like, although it's nice, like, Pinellas Park is not the nicest city in the world, and there are railroad tracks that run. (laughs) Yeah, and so, like, we have seen, you know, before, there's, like, a homeless person that will walk down the railroad tracks to get from somewhere to somewhere in the county. So it's, like, you know, people late at night, a lot of times would, you know, when we didn't have air conditioning, would close the doors, and they're just circulating fans, and the air in there just gets hotter and muggier. And then with how many people would be in there sometimes, there's seven or eight people at night. It's just circulating all their exhaled air. So for us, it was like a worthwhile investment, but you guys are also much larger and I think a bigger open area than we are. We're like a... Yeah, our ceilings are like ridiculous. I think we have like 30 foot ceilings. So like, um, 
it's huge. So like the space, it's not a huge, I mean, it's not a huge gym, but um, like the space from like top to bottom is big. So like we train, I train by myself a lot, like, cause I train around like 11 AM. I don't open the, I don't open the big bay doors. Um, cause like we have like fans, we installed fans in the ceiling. And so like, it's just like, it's not that hot that I'm like dying if I'm by myself with the doors closed, you know, cause it's like, we've got such high ceiling. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you guys can manage nice, it. Though. Go ahead, Rachel. Sorry. Oh, I just said fans in the ceilings are nice. Yeah. Wish list. <laughs> Sorry. One, one, thing, <laughs> one thing I always liked about not having AC is because the biggest group of meets that the community, our community in the gym would do would be when it's cooler out. So they're going through the most difficult phases of their training when the atmosphere and the environment are the most challenging, but when it comes to the day you compete, the weather's perfect. Yeah. You know? So you're recovering a little bit better, um, feeling a little bit fresher throughout the entire workout. Um, so I noticed that. So I also would kind of sell that a little bit like, Hey, your meat is in the winter, so you'll make it. So Rachel, what, what really got you started? into powerlifting um so interestingly i remember our the day i first met you at the gym and me kaylin tara and i just kind of come in and saying we just want to work out we just want to lose weight we just want this we just want that and as we kind of went through the motions and everything and then we started to lift weights it was just something that was why can i be really strong right like let me try this and I remember one day like you left and Sean was there and he's like I'm just gonna put weights on this bar and we're just gonna find out <laughs> where you're gonna go with this and it was literally what like a month or two into my into my training with you Nick and I pulled like 275 out of nowhere and at that point I was like man I'm gonna do this I was like I'm going to take this as far as I can take this this is way cool I'm gonna see how strong I can get I'm gonna see you know how where this can go and and really that's kind of what started it and then when I started to see all these other women doing it right so like Kayla and Tara pretty much stopped with just the cardio stuff and the and the circuits and the this minimal strength building, but they did, weren't really into the three lifts. And so um, not really having my core group of girls that I started training with was, you know, a little bit of a struggle. But then I realized that there was just this huge community and the entire community really rallies behind you. My very first meet, I remember um, Tom was in the gym and I was trying to learn what a press command was. And he just literally every single person rallied around me. And it was just, it was a great experience and really being taken into the community and being somebody who, um, you know, met new people coming into the gym, letting them know. I remember the first time I met Autumn, she was like, yeah, I'm like new here. And I was like, hey, great. Like, let's be friends. And so she's, you know, one of the very first people I remember meeting at Old PD and just, you know, the community is just like that though. You know, there, there's people in the community that you don't even have to really know them and they just take you under their wing and they're just going to be your friend. So I love that about the community too but also being strong. That's cool. <laughs> uh, 
I just want to say the video of you deadlifting that 275, like when it shows up on my Facebook memories every year. <laughs> I was trying to like stay ahead of you because I was like switching to sumo at the time and you'd been pulling sumo with Nick for like forever. And I was like, if she out pulls me on sumo. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> well, that's okay because now I pull conventional. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> you got me there. I don't know from, you know, general health and fitness is my background uh, with coaching. The beauty and the story for me was you came in there uh, with some specific health markers you wanted to hit. I just want to lose a little weight. I have some health markers. Uh, the doctor made me aware of, let's do it. You're all on board. You were excited. And we hit all of those and you transitioned into being a pillar in our community uh, and for the sport, uh, that story meant a lot. That made you essentially to me, uh, like an avatar, like this is a role model in here. Um, we all have an idea kind of, of our brand or our gym or how we want it to be perceived. But ultimately I think the, the personalities and the characters in there, let those shine, let those be who they are. Um, and you you gave me a lot of clarity on uh, how to approach everybody else uh, when we come in there. So, Rachel, do you remember the first conversation you had with me about working out like before you joined so the gym? I'm not really sure, but I do remember this one time when I had sent you this video of this powerlifter deadlifting, and there was, I don't know if you even remember this, but this is literally the very first time I was introduced into powerlifting, and I don't even know why I wanted to do it, but I did, and so I sent you this video, and it was a guy deadlifting. I have no idea where he was at. He was at some type of a competition in a gym, and there was like plastic sheeting on the ground. And he pulls this massive deadlift and just vomits everywhere. And I send it to Sean. This is <laughs> your like, first. What is this? Is this you? Like, do you do this? And you're like, Me. no. Like, that's, he probably ate too much. And I was like, and that was, I feel, feel like a, a week after that, a week or two after that, I was just like, I got to go to the gym. Like, I got to yeah. do this. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I do remember that conversation. I remember just being like, yeah, so in, in deadlifting, that's common when people eat too much before they pull and at the end of the day. I tried to explain all of this, and you were like, oh, that's gross. But, like, but I, re I remember what, what stuck out to me is, like, I guess the first conversation was like, hey, so I saw you opened this gym, and, like, I've been trying to get in shape, and, like, but, like, I don't want to, like, you know, lift heavy and, like, get bulky. and I just want to lose weight and get in shape and healthy and, you know, I believe the word you used at the time was like tone. I told you that was not like I a real thing. Did. Yeah. I, I mean, that was such a weird time in my life. Like, I mean, I had Adrian and I had like just gotten married and I was like, you know, we were trying to have a baby and I was just like, I just need to do something because it's just everything about that is just really stressful. And so I was like, I just, you know, I feel like maybe losing a couple LBs might help me out. So yeah, but and then, I remember the first day you came in and I was like, look, Rachel, like I have power lift. I own book weight lift. Like I might not be the best person to coach you through just losing weight and being healthy. Hello, <laughs> here's Nick. And I remember your first like, but like, I don't know him. Do I want him to like train me? Like I came here cause you did this. I'm like, trust, trust mm -hmm. me. And then now look at the two of you and look at where you've gotten to. 
Sean, <laughs> I know he's my bestie. Sean, you didn't see the uh, the questions that I sent her, like possible questions, because she reached out to me. She was like, "What data do you need to know?" I want. Sounds know. like me asking, like, "What are we going to speak about?" Conehead needs info. And in the in the possible questions and just uh, topics that we were going to talk about, I put, "Who inspires you?" That was question number three. And I said, in parentheses, typically the same answer as the answer for question number five. And the question number five was, who's your favorite coach? Nick. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Nick. Uh, you don't even have to tell me. I might do the math and be really good at, like, fine technical coaching. But, like, Nick's the personality guy. So, I feel like there's – you guys make this really great team, right? Like Sean does a lot of the numbers. He makes sure that everything is executed really well. He's there for you on meet day. But like Nick, there's just something about Nick that like, if he's not there, I just don't think I could do it. And honestly, I feel like at my last Capital City meet where Shane was doing another meet at the same time, I was like, I really need somebody. And I feel like I need to have Nick there. So, so. I mean, there's not like one I like more than the other. I just, I need you both really. <laughs> Don't ever play, leave me. It's a play to strengths <laughs> thing, right? Like we talked about at the beginning, like everybody kind of mm -hmm. has their role. Like I am the worst person to ask to hold your hand because I'm going to be like, all right, come yeah. here. And then like pull you down the way. Like, here's how you do it. I'm sorry. I'm very nice and lovey outside of my coaching role and aspect. But like when there's like a problem to be fixed, it's like blinders go on. And Nick is very much like, so how was your day? Okay, so we're going to use this as a motivation, and we're just going to really put in some solid, like, I don't know how you do it, Nick. But, but see, like, that's why I need both. That's why yeah. you need both, right? So you need someone to calm you down when you miss your first lift. I remember at Capital City, I missed it, my very first lift on my depth, right? So, like, my squats have always been hit or miss. But I remember... I was like going for 1100 and I really needed that opener. And Nick was like, you've got it. Like, there's nothing like you did nothing wrong. Just go back, hit it again. And it's just, he's very calm about it. And it's just something about that. Like I could, that could have spiraled into like this huge, like, what am I going to do? I have to retake this attempt. I have to do this. I have to do this. Maybe if I can move this around, maybe I might hit 1100. Like it just by him just saying, we're just going to go on. Like, we're just not even going to worry about it. Like, that really calms somebody down. So it's like you need kind of both. Like, you need someone to be like, go out there and do your job. <laughs> or, and like, at the same time, you also need somebody to say, you're going to get it. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah, good cop, bad cop. And I'm here cop. for you if you don't. <laughs> I do feel like you need both. I noticed with that Capital City meet, I felt really cool and confident because we were really on the same page the whole time. You'd be across yeah. the room. And I would just nod. And then you knew exactly why I was nodding. You know, you've done enough meets. You knew kind of what time, what things happen in that time frame, like where we mm -hmm. were at in the meet and stuff. So I would just nod. And then yeah. two reps. <laughs> just hold up a piece on two reps. One yeah. rep. I've seen you guys do that. It's great. Yeah. But we did, Sean, you and I were on the same page too. We had a, a pretty big meet and it was literally just you and I, we didn't really have any, the, the support with uh, the community is awesome. Uh, so many spotters and loaders and like we use walkie talkies one meet, right? We had somebody checking copy. them off. Yeah. Yes. 
you know, Sean was obviously in the warm-up room uh, where the most critical data needs to be expressed, right? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> don't give me credit. <laughs> don't, don't. Uh, he's got all his folded. Pe- he's got all his folded pieces of paper in hand. Attempts. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And then no, that it, was the Battle of the Bay, wasn't it? Or was it? Uh, it was. Yeah. It yeah. was. Well, I'm talking two different meets. I'm going off. On oh, the tangent, Florida State but, Regional too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then Adrian was checking the uh, the screens. And then we had two runners uh, working with the athletes, just shuttling them, uh, herding cats, and then shuttling them from because it was across the way, right? We had a warm up room, and then all the way across the hallway was the venue with all the 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 guests and all the vendors and stuff. So uh, we we looked at the venue. We always get there early. Sean, thank you for instilling that in everybody. Meet starts Uh, at nine. Better get there at six a.m. I'm just kidding. Not that early, <laughs> but like at least an hour before rules, like pick and, uh, your camp. Yeah. Uh, we, we pick our camp and we just, you know, you got to play it by ear. There's a lot of stuff that gets thrown at you. You know, in I think year. my favorite thing to see um, is like the audibles that get called. I've seen this with a lots of other teams, but when like somebody's like, I need ammonia and you just see like this random ammonia bottle fly through the air and like hit somebody square in the eye and then, the person next to them catches it and rips it open for the other person's athlete. That to me is where I go like, Oh, community. <laughs> Love. The, one I, the one I always like is just go, hurry up and go, go to the bathroom. Two oh, minutes. Yeah. I remember one time, like our gym, like thank, thankfully we've got a really good team now to where like, I can like, I can be a total ass to somebody. And I'm like, you know, it's just cause I'm in meat mode, right? Like I, I'm not really a jerk. Like I'm just in meat mode. So I'm going to yell at everyone and give someone something to do, give everyone something to do. Cause otherwise like we're all so close that like, if it's like 10 athletes are back there, they're just like talking, chilling, like hanging out. And I'm like, you guys, it's meat day. Let's go like a move. Um, Show me your war face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had, um, we had one time there was a girl and she had to go to the bathroom and there's a line. And I think it was actually one of the gems and there was a line and I like, I was refing. This is like one of the first times I have ever refed and she's standing in line, but you can tell like she's looking and she's like, Oh my God, Oh my God. I'm freaking out. Like totally freaking out. And I was like, are you going to the bathroom? She's like, yeah, I'm like 10 out. And I was like, everyone stop, go pee. I don't know who this person is. I, if, if I saw her today, I had no idea who she was, but I was like, you go pee. She's competing. Like everyone stop what they're doing because I'm like, you have to assert yourself on meet day. Otherwise you won't get anything done. Like, it's just what you do. So I became like, that's why like everyone calls me mama Ivy because when it comes to meets, like I'm I'm yelling at someone or I'm helping someone. Like those are the only two things I do. (laughs) Yeah. I find that that's a great, uh, contrast in people's personalities you see because like me outside of meet day i'm like a very goofy and weird person uh but on meet day it's like sit down put your headphones on you don't stand up till i tell you it's time to squat like all right who who needs uh 225 225 once twice three times all right we're done it's like hey i need the bar it's like you need to get on a different rack i've got 12 people here like <laughs> and it's like not to be like you know like hey you can't sit you can't sit with us but you know, it's like, hey, like, there's 12 other people that, like, have gotten their stuff together, like, we've got to take care of, like, um, but also at the same time, I've had people come up to us at meets and be like, 
I'm in the next flight and I haven't touched a bar yet today. It's like, all right, hello, everybody. This is so-and-so, so-and-so. This is everybody. You're after this person. Like, get in. Like, we're going to get it done. Um, even the people that are, it's like, oh, crap, I'm three out. That's like, I haven't even started wrapping my knees. And like, one person starts wrapping their knees. And then a total stranger grabs the other person's leg and starts wrapping their knee and just mimicking what the other person is doing. And it's like, and it works. And it's like, it takes a village. And it's a lot of times not even just everybody from your own gym. It's like, yeah. like I think we adopt someone at every meet we go to. We always adopt someone. We're oh like, yeah. you're with us now. <laughs> you, can, you can ride or die with us today. Like, yeah. But like, I think that's, that's new to powerlifting a lot because I remember the first couple meets I did, like it was very much like you had your squad and it was like your squad versus the world. Right. Or it's like you had you and your coach and like nobody else talked to anybody. And like, yeah, people still get like butt hurt for lack of a better word and powerlifting for like people changing gyms, changing coaches or like whatever. And that's always going to be the case with any human interaction. But like as a, as a whole, powerlifting has become very much more like, I want to say inclusive as far as, yeah, on meet day, like you aren't just stuck sitting with your six people, like, there's so many times, like, I see people, all the people, and this is stressful as a coach, but the people wandering around, intermingling, like, having, like, catch-up chats and stuff like that, and being able to, like, you know, go hang out with their friends that live in, you know, a different city or state even, that train at a different gym, and it's all because Instagram has allowed people to interact like that, and, you know, things like building an online, I would say, like, identity or community, kind of like Girls Who Power Lift, right? Like, there are thousands of girls that now identify as a girl who power lifts mm -hmm. right and just like before there was like thousands of guys that were like animal squat till you puke it's like mm, calm down but like i don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm even being harsh but uh but yeah you see that at meets now and it i don't want to this might sound bad somebody might yell at me but say it's like a softening of the sport from the old school, like late nineties, early two thousands, like equipped style of like, everybody's a biker dude with like base tattoos and squatting a thousand pounds and 6,000 layers, which like multiply is a great thing for multiply. Raw is great for raw, but the overall general public has gained access to this because there's like drivers of community like this, like that take people under their wing now. And so that person's going to do a second meet or a third meet and then Maybe now that person is doing a meet every quarter or six months. And then all of a sudden is one of the top lifters, even though they didn't want to lift ever again. Cough, cough, Rachel, <laughs> you know? So I, I think like you guys are owed a lot of credit, like, you know, not just for the brand, but for like what you do at the meets for what you do outside of meets, you know, because there's a lot of retainment of value in the sport from everybody. Um, that wasn't there before. It was a lot more competitive. I appreciate it. It's really cool, like, too, to see, like, the growth in powerlifting in general. Like, people that we, I remember specifically, there was, I want to say it was one of the Battle of the Bays. There was, I was, it was actually the me, I practicaled. I did my practical for refing on Saturday. And then Sunday, I was running a booth. But it was, Sunday was insane because it was, like, all the big guys. So, like, people always come on Sunday and there was a kid that it was his first time ever competing. And I also, I weighed him in. Like I, I didn't weigh him in. I did his gear check. And 
I'm like, make sure you have socks, make sure you have all these things like when you compete. And so he goes for his first deadlifts and he doesn't have his socks on. Like he just walked up in these like in chucks and he has no socks on. And the ref called him was like, you need socks. And he didn't have them. But I was like on, I had my table. I was right by the platform where he was. And we had just released our girls power of socks. So he was like, I don't have any socks. And he's like freaking out. So I was like, Mike, like I just remembered his name. And I just threw a pair of socks at him. I was like, take the socks. The other girls are powerlift. And now looking at him, I think it's, that's been like two years. Now he's, he's coaching, he's competing. He spots and loads at all the meets that we do. Like, he's like such a big part of like, like the USPA Florida community now. Like he trains in and out with Girl Bench. Like he's such a big part of our little community that like, it's so cool to like know how he started. Like we tell that story all the time. Like Mike didn't even have socks his first meet. And now like look where he is. So it's just cool to like see the growth and like even just powerlifting as a whole, but like really like even like bringing it down to like our small little like USPA Florida. Like it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I want socks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I'll say that because, like, you say that, like, yeah, they're, quote, girls who power lift socks. I was like, man, what, one of my favorite shirts I have is one of yours that, like, says girls who power lift. It's, like, the, the lifter's creed or, or whatever you wrote, like, that we don't oh, yeah, we yeah. pursue for perfection. Like, I wear that shit all the time. I wear the power socks all the time because they're super stretchy. So yeah. he loves – I hate socks. I only wear socks – on meet day for deadlifts. That's the only time I ever wear socks. Like I do all my other training in just shoes, but he loves our socks. Like he, every time we get them, he grabs a new pair. I'm like, you don't need six pairs of the same sock. Please stop. Please stop stealing my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> what are, do you guys have any uh, new plans? Anything upcoming? Do you guys have anything in the works that you can talk about? <laughs> I can Super talk about top secret. <laughs> I can talk about it a little bit. Like there's, um, we just checked out a venue so we are planning on doing something it's going to be a little bit of a combination of like because army is called um iron nightmare that we just did iron nightmare in july so we're going to do that again but it's going to be in so it's going to be a two-day meet collaboration so it'll be our first like girls are powerless first like actual meet because we've always sponsored meet, but we've never actually done a meet so it's going to be that but it's also going to be on a really really big scale and there's going to be other sports involved um so it's kind of like an expo yeah an expo um so we we're still like we're still signing paperwork and things like that so i can't really talk a lot about it but we're hoping 2021 it's going to be a pretty big deal i'm excited is the plan for it to be like all women to be a full women's expo or no it's going to be all sports um but we are going to do a girls only meet on like one of the days that's awesome. You guys are really big on like the DNI, like diversity and inclusion. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm excited about that. Uh, anything with the apparel line? Um, we always do like, we've got our, well, we just did a black, we just did our, our black Friday sale. Um, because with everything going on, like all of our manufacturing got pushed back. So we're hoping like, we're excited for like a big December, um, since we can really do that for November, but we do have like, we've got like sweatsuits and, um, all kinds of stuff coming out. So we're excited about that. Yeah. But as far as the like, bag. oh, the bag, yes. Thank you. The bag looks bomb. <laughs> That's another one of like Corey's like design inspirations. Like he was like, I want to create a bag. 
but you know I wanted to do all of these things so we're like literally playing around like we had everyone's like bags and we're like where do you put your belt and where do you put this and how can you make it better and like he uh, anybody that goes to our gym somehow gets pulled into like what we do on girls powerlift side so because our like the girls powerlift office is the front part of where we do our boot camps so we're right next door so anytime we're in the office like we're right next door to the gym so like if someone's over there like He'll look in the cameras and be like, oh, you know, like whoever's over there, let me go grab them. And I'm like, they're, but they're training. Like, don't describe that. He does not care. Or he's like, nope, they're coming over and they're going to try this on. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So we had like all of these bags and he's like trying to figure out how to like make this perfect power lifters bag. So I think that that'll be exciting. That's like our first like big, that's our first bag actually. Like we did, what did we do? Fanny packs. But besides that, we've never done bags before. So where are you guys at with the complete control of the design and the fabrication of everything, the materials, you know, obviously you guys get the logos designed and you guys pick out designers and stuff for that. Are you guys incorporated in the actual fabrication? Um, so we, we get, everything is manufactured overseas. Um, but we get samples of everything. And so like before, you know, obviously before we put it out there, like we can touch, feel, try like everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we design every, every aspect. The only things we don't design is like the actual t-shirts. Like those are all just like blanks and we like work with a couple different printers, but everything else, like we, we tell them what material we want to use, like how to put together the kind of mesh, like you'll be surprised at like how many different types of mesh there is. So we're like, can you send us all of it and we'll touch all of it and like see which ones we want for this particular thing. So we're pretty, I mean, we're pretty involved in like the whole process. We just don't actually make it. So is there like a, a girls who powerlift graveyard in your guy's house where like there's just swatches and thousands of samples <laughs> thankfully we have an office because it used to be all in our house and literally like we we actually bought our house because we didn't have enough space in the apartment that we were living in for all of the stuff that we had like just for girls of carlo so we it was cheaper to buy a house and like pay a mortgage than it was to like rent a bigger place because that's just right. what the market was but when we moved into our house that we're in now, we had gotten one of our dogs who was a puppy and he literally used to like climb under the racks and like through everything because we had no furniture. We just had racks of clothing. And that was like, so yeah, we've had, we have so much stuff everywhere. But now that we have an office, now we have like, we call it the sample graveyard. So like once we're like, okay, we're done, then it goes over there. And we, every once in a while, like we'll have a new person and we'll be like, if you like anything, take it home. <laughs> so we have like sample sales. We don't really sell. So if you want this unacceptable fanny pack that is still yeah. perfectly usable, but was not perfect enough for us to sell, you can have it. Thank you for working 60 hours. <laughs> no, but that's all, like what I just heard there. And like, maybe I'm picking up on the, the odd details. Like, so you guys bought a house because you couldn't rent another warehouse space or a bigger apartment to keep everything you were running the company through. And in lieu of having furniture and comfort, you had racks and shelves inside your, like, that's Spartan as heck. <laughs> like, that's like, I wake up every day and 
I hustle. Like people say, I hustle hard or I'm hard AF. Yeah. Nah, bro, you have like a comfy couch in bed and you like, you know, make pop tarts. There are yep. people out here that wake up and walk into their living room and are like, I got to sell a thousand of these, <laughs> a thousand of these. I got to take all this to like, that's hardcore. That's like real dedication. I don't think a lot of people see that when they see like an online brand. Like I know Nick and I, like we've tried the whole apparel thing and like we've, you know, we're not apparelists. Is that a word? Um, who knows? Uh, but so we've kind of tried to take the like hands off approach. We just want to design. We want to be able to have somebody print and drop ship it for us. Like we've given up control for the ease of it. Cause our kind of niche is more like coaching and like lifting stuff. Uh, I can't even imagine like the amount of stress and details that go into all that. Cause I just know like the minimal amount that like, well, Nick's done a lot, but just like even the minimal amount of like coordinating with printers just to get like designs printed on time to work with designers and like, dude, where's my design? It's been six weeks. Like I paid you hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a flash sheet, you know, like. Yeah. It's like anything else. Like after you've been doing it for so long, like, I feel like we've been in business for, Girls Proud have been in business for five years, but, like, Corey's been running different brands. It's been about, like, a 10-year hustle at this point, um, because that's what he genuinely loves, um, is starting businesses. So, like, we've been doing it for so long, it's kind of, like, just what we do now, but in the beginning, like, it was, we had full-time jobs. We had full-time jobs, and we worked the brand, so it was, like, it was, it was not easy, but it was also, like, so rewarding that you kind of like were like okay i can take this stressful like the the amount of stress that it takes because i'm getting so much out of it like i'm so much happier doing this than than like working like at my my nine to five so it just kind of was like okay let's just figure out how to make this work and and we did and like now we're starting to like be, we're at a place where we can like enjoy our lives like that sounds kind of crappy but like we took a vacation like we can like we hired people to do certain things so we don't have to anymore yeah you can now take a step back uh and be like all right i love this i'm not stressed about this it's no longer do we need to go to therapy it's like no we just need to hire somebody to do some of this like we've made it to that point. therapy yeah. and then <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> like, this is a stressful life in sport. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank no, you so perfect. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Uh, Please have we'll a relaxing see. Saturday. Yeah, and Sunday. Uh, and Sunday. And we'll see all of you guys soon, right? Yeah. Bye, guys.